Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Inside of the third base, bagging up the line for a long hit. Hangs off the sidewall. Nesbitt scores. Opens into score. Into third base is Austin. And on second base is Robert Moore. It's a two-run double by the freshman. And the Hogs lead it 2-0 in the second. Two down. Top of the ninth inning. Vermillion looking for the save. Met at the edges. Now the pitch. Breaking ball. This one's in on the ground to short. Martin picks it up. Goes the short way to, for the force. And that will be the ball game. Vermillion collects a save. And Arkansas takes game one of the four-game set against Gonzaga this afternoon by a final score of 7-5. to five. All right, good news, bad news. Hogs won yesterday over Gonzaga after a bit of a dogfight, pun intended. Mm-hmm. No doubleheader today. That's the bad news. So instead of sunny, cool temperatures in Fayetteville today for a doubleheader, you're going to get decent temp, decent situation today, decent tomorrow after the basketball game. And then Sunday, you're going to watch them play in a cold, rainy day. I'll bet you a dollar it gets canceled. Van Horn did mention yesterday that there's still a possibility they'll play a doubleheader tomorrow. Yeah. That they've kind of, and I don't know what changed their thinking from earlier this week when he said a possible doubleheader on Friday, but he said there's a potential for, you know, a possibility of a doubleheader tomorrow. So, what are you going to do? Sit people out there from 2 o'clock until 10? I don't know if they have the same SEC rules on the getaway day that you could play two seven-inning games. I bet you could because it's a Saturday. You could probably play two nines if you wanted on a Saturday, I would think. But I don't With know. With it being a non-conference, you can probably do whatever you want to do, right? I would think that's probably, you can probably play underhand if you want. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad the Hogs won yesterday. I wish they would have been playing a doubleheader today because I have a lot of office work I could catch up on. But, hey, we're happy to be with you. We've got a lot of things to talk about. Pigskin is here. Uh, Christian is here. I am here. Wes is here. So there you go. Uh, Pigskin. What's up? Not much. Cold outside. It is indeed. I have to tell you something that you're going to find shocking. You and I have been friends for a long time, longer than uh, I've been friends with either one of these two slaps. Um, But they know this probably too. I don't like Matt Damon. (laughs) I have to tell you, last night, where's this coming from? Yes. They sent us us some copies of uh, Ford versus Ferrari, and I had not seen it. So I took home a copy last night. Maddox and I watched it. Maddox is a big car nut. Maddox Christian knows, Bale's great. Christian Bale is great. Maddox knows yeah. more about cars than I do by far. Um, that might be the most likable character Matt Damon's ever played. He I plays w- Carol Shelby, doesn't he? He does, and he was great. Yeah, I got to watch it. And I haven't seen it yet. I'll get you. Uh, I'll get you my copy. Awesome. Anyway, I what still kind of copy it. is it? It's a it's a Blu-ray, DVD. but they also had a digital download because I don't have a Blu-ray player. Yeah, I don't either. So I did the digital download thing, which I've never done. It's pretty cool. How do you do that? You just put in a code. You go to Google Play, and you put in a code, and it uh, it plays it like a regular movie and adds it to your uh, collection. Ah. Yeah. I kind of like that. Have you ever tried Carol Shelby's chili mix? No. Oh, it's outstanding. Does it make you go to the bathroom real fast? I eat it all the time. You can go from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> yes. I, had, uh, I didn't have that issue yesterday with the bathroom, but I will tell you this. Underrated, Brewski's chili was fire yesterday. I had okay. it last night. This is great, great chill. This is great chilly weather. It is twenty perfect. degrees. You want something that when you eat it, it kind of burns your esophagus. That's so what you need. I it's taken me all these years to determine two things. First of all, and I'm glad you brought. I'm glad we're talking chili too because two things. 
First off, I think uh, that's the only time I've ever liked Matt Damon in a movie. Not mm-hmm. that he hasn't been good. I mean, he was great in Good Will Hunting. Born series, you don't, you didn't like. I didn't. Well, I'm not a born guy. Uh, I tried it. I just was like, this ain't for me. So I love those. If it, if it's on cable, I stop and yeah, watch it. Okay. It's one of those. You're like Michael, uh, our old, our old promotion. Well, you didn't guy. like him in Good Will Hunting. No, he was great in Good he Will was Hunting. Great in that, but it's yeah. not a likable character, and yeah. I, I didn't like Matt Damon in that movie. Yeah. But he was so likable in this movie. Yeah. Like in The Departed. I was so excited for him to get killed. And then oh, like, was great. when he went to Mars, I was like, starve, starve, starve. I'm <laughs> chanting it from the back row. I mean, I had people like give me the quarter turn. Then they gave me the half turn. They were risking a punch in the mouth. But I'm like rooting for him to die. Starve to death. Die up there. I hope a asteroid hits you. He lived. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. He lived. Anyway, I was like, this is great. What a great character. Bale is great. And it is a. Who plays uh, Henry Ford II? I don't know, some old guy. Some old dude. Because Henry couldn't handle those eye ties whipping his car company. He's like, we're going to do something about this. And he does. And I got to see. You'd like it. I know the story. I just haven't seen the movie. I didn't know the story. And there's great history within it. And uh, it's fascinating. Hank the Deuce is one of the most fascinating American figures of the last 75 years. He really is. Well, talk about big shoes to fill and a shadow to work in. I mean, that's tough. And you're trying to, you want to be respected. But, I mean, my goodness, what an act to follow. Well, listen, he was technically, his, he was named after his grandfather. Henry was his grandfather. His father was Edsel Ford, which, what do we know about Edsel Ford? The Edsel, you know, like one of the biggest flops ever. Edsel Ford was a great American. He was a patriot. He helped win the war. He was turning out planes on an assembly line to whip the Germans and the Japanese. I mean, he was, but and he dies like in his late 40s of esophageal cancer or something, and they pull Henry out of um, school and put him in charge of Ford and starts running things. But the, the the Ford family are amazing human beings. They've really done some incredible things, with the exception of Henry being a bit of a closet Nazi and them ruining the Detroit Lions. Other than that, <laughs> I mean, these are these are good Americans. They sponsored your stadium. Yeah. What do you want? Well, there's that. They, uh, yeah, he actually that came up about the war. He said, uh, "Do you think America won the war?" He's like that, and he talked about the assembly line with yep. uh, turning out the planes. That's it. They did, but yeah, it was it was fun. And the interplay, I didn't really realize this that they actually tried to purchase Ferrari. They tried to come up with a basically they were going to have an ownership stake in the production of the vehicles, and then Ferrari was going to be the lead on the racing team. So it's fascinating history. But anyway, I encourage you to see it. The acting is great in it, even for people you don't know. And I cannot remember the actor's name who plays Lee Iacocca. Uh-huh. But I mean, Lee Iacocca to me is a Chrysler guy. Like that's how I know Lee Iacocca. I mm-hmm. guess I didn't know he much was about a the Ford dude, man. Yeah, I didn't know about the back his he backstory. Was. It was good. So Chef recommends, and Matt Damon was good. And my other thing, it took me 42 years to figure out that I didn't want beans in my chili. I don't make it with uh, fillers anymore. I'll bring you over sometime and make some Carol Shelby chili. What is it's his really deal good. with chili? He's got his own mix. Why? He because he was very specific as, as about you, what he wanted. As you said, he's a Texan. Yeah, he's, he was a cool character. Everybody liked the guy, and he was a Texan, so he made his own chili. And all these dudes are like, "Man, this is unbelievable! You should like churn this out for everybody." And he got so sick of sharing the recipe with everybody, he got a food company to sponsor him, and he put it out there. Is it so, a dry mix? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But you can kind of, you know, he Justin's got a flair. He knows, you know, add a little of this, a yeah, little of this. He knows things, and that's what you do with his chili, and you personalize it. But the base is just 
The base is righteous. Really well, good. I put too many jalapenos in Brad's chili yesterday. That's all I know. It, it really didn't good. need any jalapenos. Oh, I didn't put any jalapenos mm. in it. it was did still, you eat it? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, you I ate it last little, night. A little sweat on the top of my head. And okay. It was good. good I was like, did you go to Brewski's? And I'm like, oh, you took the chili from here no, with you. No, I took you. the chili. It. it was okay. left. So there, somebody no over there take knows. It. So I was like, I'll take it to work. And the girls had something last night. So I was up at work, heated it up, put a little cheese in there. So somebody great. at Brewski's knows how to make chili is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. That's was, impressive. Yeah, I recommend it. Pigskin, you uh, grew up not far from the Cronk Gym in Detroit. And you know a little something about boxing. Emmanuel Stewart, Thomas Hearns, Hilmer Kenty, Michael Moore. Yes. Jermaine Taylor for 20 minutes. Yeah. that's <laughs> Briefly had a stop in there. <laughs> that didn't last That was not a great long. marriage between him and Emmanuel Stewart. <laughs> yeah, he was meant for Burns. Who are we kidding? You know, There's no doubt. Yeah. So the fight this weekend, I will say it moves the needle for me in a way that uh, nothing has in a while. Even before, you know, there was a lot of hype around the Mayweather fight when he fought um, – Pacquiao. Pacquiao, but I was—they were both forty years old. I knew it was going to suck. I mean, I wasn't but excited. But it happened about, eight years earlier. It would have been great. I mean, it's funny. It's like you know, I don't know even how to like come up with an analogy. It's like if you, get, you know you're going to come to work and get fired, and you show up to work and they fire you. You're like, huh, what? <laughs> I mean, I knew this fight was going to suck. I knew it was going to be boring. I knew that Mayweather was going to dance around and win it easily. And no one will touch him. That's exactly what happened. That's and it was boring does. as hell. And I what paid for does. it because I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I paid for it. <laughs> but there have been fights that I paid for. And I'm like, that was totally worth it. I'm hoping this lives up to the hype. Now, I'm only going to pay five bucks to get into Bruce. It'll to be watch worth it. it. There ain't no doubt. I mean, if it's a, if it's a two-second knockout, if Fury has a heart attack walking out for the the uh, ring, uh, the 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 instructions yeah. from the uh, from the referee. It'll be worth it for five bucks, but still. Does does Michael Buffer still do the? Let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, as long as they pay him. Well, he shows up. You saw him in that movie with Sandler. Don't mess with the Zohan. He I was did. like the villain in there. I didn't see that. Oh, you haven't seen Don't Mess with the Zohan? I have not seen it. Oh, you gotta watch it. Okay, I'll check it out. That's a great bad movie. Did you watch uh, Uncut Gems? No, but I heard he's good in it. It's so uncomfortable. You need to see it. It's the most uncomfortable movie I've ever seen. That's the one you took Maddox to. Yes, that was a bad mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, it's not just you. I got to bring that up. I took Nathan, who is a similar age to Maddox, to see The Passion of the Christ, which was probably a worse move, okay? Mm -hmm. He was having nightmares about that. I mean, that's- How old is he? Oh, he's probably 12 at the time. I remember when it came out. It was just- Dude, I had nightmares about it. I've watched it it once. I've never returned. I'm never going to watch it again. I'm like, people like, oh, I can't wait to watch it again. I'm like, what are you, a masochist? This is horrible. I mean, I'm glad Jesus did all that. But, man, it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. It is. And there were people in there eating popcorn. And, and like, jujubes. And I'm like, how can you eat? I started out that way. I didn't finish that way. I'm like, holy vey, man. By the end of it, I walked out and I was like... Oh, I just want to. Wow. Cra- I wanted to crawl under a chair and not watch the rest of it. It was yeah. it was tough, but you know, my point is sometimes we do that. We you know our kids are coming up; they're cool, and you think they can handle this. And sometimes you mis- think, sometimes you misjudge. I don't yeah. think you're going to be ridiculed at your funeral for taking your kid to an ultra religious movie just because it was a little too graphic. I might get slammed for the uncut gems movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many inappropriate movies Frank took us to when we were kids. Unbelievable. So I, I got a bad precedent set for me. I saw a bunch of movies at the drive-in. I See, I was an only child for six years, as I like to tell my two brothers. The golden years. The happiest years. six years of my life. <laughs> my parents took me to the drive-in, and I got to see all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, I got to see, you know, I, I saw True Grit. You know, Charles Portis, the Little Rock native, passed away this week. I saw Norwood. You know, which I'm thinking... Based Portis, on a uh, kicker from Buffalo? No. Tr- Portis was such a great writer, why did he have Glenn Campbell star in two of his movies? 
Because Glenn was a great musician and a great guitarist. And Not a great, great actor. Oh, he couldn't act a lick. I mean, he made Matt Damon look like Sir Lawrence Olivier. For the same reason Elvis did 20 movies. Exactly. He's a star. You, you heard Eddie Murphy mocking that. He said, put Elvis in all those movies, couldn't act. So he'd just sing his lines. <laughs> Elvis, we got to win this race. we got to win this race. Yeah, it's kind of how it was. It was, it was Glenn I, sing I every saw movie? all those. Yeah. Uh, he he would sing like the theme song, but he didn't do that. But Norwood had Glenn Campbell and Joe Namath. Now, how could you go wrong with that? That's great. And a Portis story. So two great yeah. Southerners. Oh. So yeah. Ten twenty one. What do we got coming up today? Today we got Tom Murphy at eleven o'clock. So we'll talk Razorback baseball and Razorback basketball with him. Nancy Holtus in nine minutes for her picks on Oakland. Yesterday was a rough day with the mud and uh, had a couple of long shots. Not long shots, but. The favorites weren't necessarily dominating. She nailed the feature race, but the feature race she did get right. There were only five horses, but she got it right. Well, she mentioned the three the that three got that in the board for second and third. And it was a six dollar trifecta. I was I think. Say the trifecta paid like six eighty. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even <laughs> bet it because I was like, "This is so bad." Uh, Brad McRae comes up at eleven thirty. Tell or he's calling he's in eleven thirty just to tell us about what's going on at Brewski's. Remind everybody. And Paul Mamarelli uh, is with the wrestling tournament that's going on right now at the Jack Stevens Center. Yesterday, it was the first ever girls state championship for wrestlers history was made in arkansas pretty cool event and today the boys take center stage well today and tomorrow but paul memorelli will kind of give us an update on what's going on at the jack stevens center he's also the catholic high wrestling coach in addition to help put on these events i will say i saw something this is not a shot at the young lady but i just wanted to say i thought it was interesting and it's really kind of a pat on the back in some ways about how good wrestling is in this state from the female side there was a young woman, because we didn't have uh, girls wrestling last year, at least not state tournament, she competed with the boys. Mm-hmm. And she finished fourth, no, sixth, sixth in her weight division last year. So she she wrestles the girls this year, and she finished fourth. And I thought, wow, well, that says a lot about how good girls wrestling is in this state then, doesn't it? Or does it say, say something, something about, about the boys? boys. <laughs> yes, exactly. Maybe so. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was interesting. Let's go to a couple calls here. We'll take a break. Razorback basketball. This weekend, high noon on the buzz, 1130, right after Oakland race day. And we also have Razorback baseball, which I need to double check. I think that's another conflict game that it'll be Two over. O'clock. Yeah, it'll be over on uh, on the ride, 106.7. And then the Sunday game will be back on the buzz. Or if there's a doubleheader, I think the late game will be on the buzz, too. So I'll double check all that and get that to you. What would I know? Navy Mike, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, Justin West. And hey, uh, Pigskin, uh, I haven't talked to you in a while. What's um, up, Navy? You know, uh, I actually grew up Catholic. Uh, I was an altar boy for eight years uh, growing up, and um, it, it was an experience. But wait, whoa, whoa. Um, wait a minute, Mike. You want to share something? <laughs> no, 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 But no, don't go there. Well, That's you were nibbling good. at the edges there. I mean, you were asking for a question. I mean, I was going to let it go. I mean, anyway, go on. He meant going to Vegas night at the festival. So yeah, c- continue. Sure. I brought the right. well, I brought the priest to anyway, Scotch when he uh, asked for it. <laughs> I was uh I was seeing on here uh, they were talking about um, Tony Allen on on ESPN and Kobe actually said he quoted that Tony Allen was hit the hardest uh, guard he ever had to face as far as uh you know defense and which is funny because I in 2004 I remember watching that Oklahoma State team he was on with John Lucas. And they could they could have won it all, you know. They knocked off that uh, St. Joseph's team that was had one loss, and and, and, and you know it was a great team. But um, you know, 
this weekend, I'm looking forward to this Wilder and Fury fight because I'm not a, I'm not a boxing guy. I'm, I'm a USD guy because I'm a, I'm a martial artist. You know, I was Taekwondo when I was, you know, little. But when you were an altar boy, yes. So so who so who wins this fight? Who do you got between? He doesn't two? care about boxing. He doesn't know. Yeah, but he's looking forward. They're not going to kick each other. He doesn't care. They might. I, might take the spin bucket and brain I'm someone. I'm looking forward to this, this heavyweight fight as as as, as uh, you know as much as I've ever looked forward to a, a boxing fight back since when Lennox Lewis was was boxing. You know, and and Delahoy was boxing. How old are you, Mike? This is probably as big as it gets. How I mean, old are you, Mike? I'm 37. Well, you were alive during Tyson's era. You didn't look forward to watching Tyson brain people? Man. That was always well, fun. I'm still hey, not over know, the Buster Douglas upset. I, I wanted well, Tyson we, we, to be you know, invincible. We, we all know that, bo- that uh, uh, Tyson wasn't a boxer. He wasn't a pure boxer. He was a brawler. No, I don't but, really think so, but okay. We'll di- agree to disagree. Now, you know, both these guys. Stay in your lane, Taekwondo. <laughs> <laughs> these guys compliment each other, and I think probably, I think Tyson probably knocks him out. Think Tyson knocks him out? There you go. I think he does. Oh, Tyson yeah. Fury. Okay, she threw me off. That's the most unlikely rounds. scenario. I would say. I would yeah. say that's the most unlikely, followed not too distantly by uh, Wilder winning by decision. But I think I think Wilder can win a decision. You have heard Matt Damon do his, his Mike Tyson impersonation. No, he does a great Tyson impersonation. Everybody's got one. Yeah, but I mean, he's easy, but he does a pretty good. Okay. One. What yeah. is the question of the day? I was typing it out. What is the most likely outcome of the fight? Okay. Fury by decision, Fury by knockout, Wilder by decision, Wilder by knockout. Okay. I think I, w- I read through the experts. Teddy Atlas picked a round, even the eighth, but the majority of the experts, including Dan Rayfield and others, hmm. uh, like uh, Wilder to win by knockout. So I, I think uh, I, I mean Fury's entertaining because he's awkward and unorthodox, and he's. Uh, I got a great clip about him. We're going to play coming up in a little bit about his approach to camp this year. He's very. Dedicated, maybe in a way he hasn't been before. I don't know if that's going to matter. These are two violent men. Something very violent could happen in the fight. Yes, this is true, Pigskin. Chuck, welcome. What's up, y'all? Hey, buddy. I got a couple things. One, as far as taking your kids to movies, I would much rather see either the movies you saw when I was a kid. My parents took me to see Gandhi. Oh. I was suicidal. That was the longest three and a half hours of my life. It was long. Um, it was. All right. And on chili, I'm kind of with you, uh, Justin. I'm not a huge fan of having beans in my chili, but I used to be involved in a bunch of chili cook-offs, and we would actually put refried beans in the chili. It would kind of dissipate into the chili, so you wouldn't mm. actually have the lumpy beans, but you'd still get kind of a beany taste. That sounds worse and somehow. Oh, no, no I, no, I like no, that. It, it's actually not, and what our secret weapon was we would add a jar of Mrs. Renfro's ghost pepper chili salsa to it, and Ooh. it would give, like, the perfect amount of spice. Ah. It was awesome. All right. See, I'm a fan I of like, dumping some hot thanks. salsa and some hot sauces in there. I don't I don't think you can get this stuff too hot. Your hair should be sweating eating a good bowl of That's the of Frank Acre way. My dad used to put... Um, He'd eat raw horseradish on things. Frank is a genius. He's over there, and I'm like, he's balling. <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with you? He's like, that's so good. That's so good. You're a sick animal. Savage. What's up, Justin? Hey, buddy. I mean, Nathan. I mean, Navy Mike saying he's a martial artist is like me saying I'm a rocket science because I watch Mr. Wizard. I mean, just... <laughs> Come on, fellas. Hey, but Wes, real quick, is. Does a committee, as far as getting a team in the NCAA tournament, do they factor in Isaiah when he comes back? Do they do they evaluate players on teams? 
Yes, they, well, they, they do take into account injuries. So that's why I think it's still – well, it is important, but they still have a chance. If they can come out and win you know, four out of five or five and oh with Isaiah Thanks, Joe, then all of a sudden the committee mm-hmm. can say – Yes, their overall record in the SEC is nine and nine, but when Isaiah Joe was there, they were nine and four. Right. When he was out, he was they were zero and five, and now that he's back, they've won four out of five or five in a row. And the manner in which team. they lost those games, Close they games, were in the games other than Tennessee. the Tennessee game. That's right. Yeah. So no, they do and will take into account if he comes back and they play well with him, then they do have a body of work when they're a full and healthy whole team. They're. They're an NCAA tournament team. Take him out of the equation, they're not. Well said. No argument for me. Nancy Holt is coming up after the break. 10-33, Nancy Holt is joining us on the Brandon and Moving Storage Hotline, 501-228-5757. And, of course, we do appreciate Design Lab by Locker Room Athletics as well for bringing us Nancy and her picks. Which, Nancy, congrats. You nailed the feature race yesterday with I can't remember which kiss horse, but they both hit the board. But the one you picked up top actually came home with the win. Well, you know, guys, I do what I can. It's not easy, but, you know, I try to deliver. It was the rare. um, We got kisses on the top, and then we got kisses on the bottom of the board, Nancy. So you can make up your own jokes there. And then we squeezed in a Raggedy Ann doll or something in the middle. So it was a really weird, weird, weird uh, finish. Oh, not always. Not when you're on, usually. (laughs) Well, that's true. So That is true. Anyway, Wes was excited about uh, some other races that happened yesterday. Yeah, I was wondering about She Shed. Yeah, she ran good. And you know what kind of ticks me off is my husband is very tight-lipped when oh! I ask him about things. Okay. Uh-huh. And he apparently gave that horse to everybody else. So, okay. Uh, yeah, there were some uh, there were some strong words when I uh, when I got home last night. I was uh, I was I was watching the race and right before I bet I was like, you know, she didn't say anything about she shed, so I'm sure she had some inside information that the horse is just you know Looney Tunes and not doing well. So I just stayed away from it. And then she shed wins the race with nice odds. I think I paid twelve dollars to win. I was like, hmm, that would have been nice to know know a little inside information. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're, yeah. you're apparently wrong, uh, mad at the wrong Holtus. Yeah, I am, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, turn your ire <laughs> to Paul. It's, it's different because I don't work at the barn at Oaklawn because I'm you know, more of a mainstay in the office on the front side. Mm-hmm. In Indiana, I work at the barn in the mornings, so I'm very hands-on with ah. what goes on. So uh, I've got way more inside info. Gotcha. If if only if only there was some kind of communication device where someone could send someone else information in a written form or maybe by a voice uh, some kind of voice way I don't know or even I don't know it, it's maybe, maybe someday we should come up with that <laughs> maybe someday or maybe just we in passing at that. night or in the morning oh by the way you know I really like this she shed you may want to tell people <laughs> yeah, or don't something. tell anybody but <laughs> yeah. bet on it yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. yeah who who knew. <laughs> <laughs> um, tomorrow will be the second edition of Don at Oakland. Who's your guest, Nancy? You know, I'm very excited to have Randy and Sarah Patterson, the father-daughter duo of Cedar Run Farm. Uh, he's a longtime owner. Uh, you might remember the 2014 edition of the Stephen Foster at Churchill Downs, uh, Moonshine Mullen. This horse was actually a $40,000 claim, uh, 
went on to win the Stephen Foster at Churchill Downs for Randy Patterson. He was trained by Randy Morris. He now stands stud here in Arkansas at Cedar Run Farm, just on the outskirts of Hot Springs. It's run by his daughter, Sarah. We actually, uh, they've been very wonderful friends of Oaklawn Park. Uh, it's a beautiful farm if you've never had a chance to go out there. Um, and they're very prominent owners here at Oaklawn and in Kentucky and uh, other places around the country. And uh, they're going to give a perspective on ownership and on the breeding side of things. Great. We haven't really kind of gotten into that during Dawn at Oaklawn. But uh, I I wanted to get them out here before foaling season really started because once, you know, mares start to drop, they're out there 24-7 really on hands, and uh, it's going to be a a really good morning. It's going to be chilly. Don't let that stop you from coming out because we're going to have it indoors. And we've got coffee to keep you warm. We've got pastries to keep your belly full, and the barn tours start at 730 Sarah and Randy will join me at 8.30. That's perfect. And we talked about breeding a little bit with you the other day and what's happening with it in Arkansas in general. Yeah. Oh, Well, I mean with the horses. And then, of course, we have a Phillies and Mares um, Arkansas bred feature race tomorrow highlighting a a good card. But uh, today, Nancy, the feature race... Uh, a lot of familiar faces, I thought, or names at least on this. Uh, I don't, I couldn't pick them out of a lineup, of course, but I know their names. Uh, on the feature race today, relatively short field again, kind of like yesterday's, and you had Shotgun Cowboy, which scratched out of here. But uh, it's a good competitive race in the feature today. You know what it is? Uh, yeah, and sadly, Shotgun Cowboy uh, has been retired. I'm not sure if you guys uh, were aware of that, but I tell you what, I am such a fan of C.R. Trout owned and trained. He actually bred Shotgun Cowboy, and I don't know if you guys remember, but he earned millionaire status here at Oaklawn. This horse earned over a million and a half Mm -hmm. uh, in his eight-year career. Um, But I'm such a fan of C.R. Trouts. I just can't speak highly enough of him. But it is going to be a five-horse feature today. Remembering Rita um, breaks from the rail from the barn of Doug Anderson. If you remember last time he took the blinkers off, and I think that was kind of an experiment. Um, and an experiment kind of gone awry. Yeah. I'm just going to call it what it is. Mm-hmm. The blinkers go back on today. That was in the fifth season. And you might look at some of the horses that ran in that fifth season that ran back. Stafford Sinclair, that was second in that race, ran third in the Razorback, a very, very talented group. Also, Night Ops, who ran third in the fifth season, won an allowance race that looked like a stakes race on paper. So remembering Rita also races second off the break, looks definitely like a very, very solid horse coming back. Um, Also, you might take a look at MG Warrior coming from the barn of Brad Cox, also raced fourth in the fifth season, Um, ran in a different edition of the fifth season you might remember that we split that race this year ran in probably the tougher version of the fifth season uh second in that race was Bankett, who was second in the razorback so a really really solid bunch mg warrior races third off the freshening um and is looking for the winner circle for the first time in quite a while and that's in uh, january of last meet so uh, it's been a while since 
he's gotten his picture taken. It could possibly be here today. But a really good group, Hawakam, mm-hmm. a really old veteran. He's 10 years old right now. He won the Razorback all the way back in 2018. He was a $15,000 claim back in 2014. He has definitely earned his dues. He's a millionaire. Yep. He runs for the $100,000 claim. Not sure if anybody's going to take him for that because he is 10 and talking about breeding. He's not going to be doing any because he's a gelding, um, but he's 5-1 to one on the morning line. Okay. What about our uh, most likely winner today? I know you like to phrase it that way. Okay, our most likely winner, I have actually got in race number six, and that is for three-year-old maidens. So race number six uh, did have a scratch in here of the number – wait a second. Yes, I do believe that is race number six. I got papers everywhere, guys. I'm just a hot mess today. So let me – I believe – I got number seven scratched out of there, cold smoke. I don't think that is my best bet. Hang on one second. Work with me, people. Work with me. This is a uh, so. off field time while you're flipping your paper around. This is a uh, very unique situation. I don't know if we're actually going to see. I don't know if we'll end up seeing two two uh, coupled entries here, but that's what it was on the morning line with um, with the one and one a and a two and two b. But oh yeah, yeah. You don't get to see that very often, do you? No. Uh, race number six. Uh, my best bet. You know, we've had Robertino Diodoro win a race basically every day mm-hmm. in the meet, pretty much. He's our leading trainer by many, and this is a very, very talented race. You've got horses that are racing for $50,000 maidens at the distance of six furlongs. This horse improved, uh, ran second again, but improved by distance when dropping in for the $50,000 racing locally on February 1st. Uh, Ran second by only half a length. Orlando Mojica back in the irons and improved greatly in his buyer speed figure number to a 71. So racing second off the break, the barn is very, very high, 32%. Bio Candios in the sixth race. That is the number eight. Theodoro Mojica in race number six. That is my most likely winner. Pixie, and, and this is perfect for you. Bio Candios. Go with perfect God. Perfect for who? For the Pigskin Preachers in the studio today. Go that with God. Was a, that was a wonderful song by Slim Whitman, that unique musical style. And it's been covered many times over, I'm sure. Yes, it has. And there's See. a priest that comes out regularly, so maybe that's the hunch play. There you go. Well, and not to mention yeah. it's uh, like a really good horse against this field. So what about our long shot? Uh, and maybe long should, shot? You want to call it? You want to check with your husband before you let us know? No, that stinker. I'm going to go. We don't have anything in today okay. either, so right. there you go. We All can't right. get beat. Okay, long shot. I'm going to give you a $10 horse, and I think this horse is going to go off at 4-1, to one, which is the morning line, or possibly even higher. Mm. That is the number – let me find it. Six. I'm, I've got a head cold. I'm sorry. In race seven, the number six, Lori Ann from the barn of Tim Martin. They are hoping to get off the duck. That means the barn has not won a race at the meet. They're hoping to do it here. This is Lori Ann raced against older. That is the key here, guys, against Maiden 16 last out when making the local debut. Sat off the pace, ran a good third, beaten less than two lengths. Back against straight three-year-old Phillies today. That is a big, big key for the number six, Lori Ann, in race seven. So uh, that's your long shot for today. All right, very good. Also want to give a uh, game ball slash pat on the back and whatever else you would give uh, to people who do well in horse racing. But how about 
Ricardo Santana, who became the all-time purse earner for jockeys at Oaklawn as part of the Southwest Stakes victory this week. Over $24 million in purse earnings, passing a guy you might have heard of named Calvin Burrell. How about Uh, that? Pretty impressive stuff. And this dude is like, what is he, 24, (laughs) 23? I mean, he's just a youngster still. He's a little older than that. He's not 30 yet. I mean, no. I mean, he he had a milestone the day before with 500 Oaklawn wins. Yeah. And now the leading Oaklawn. I mean, just left and right, just racking them up every time he comes out of the jock room. I love it. Nancy, thank you for the time. Enjoy the weekend, and we will uh, catch up with you next Thursday. So when are y'all going to be a Donald Oaklawn cast? Um, uh, we just, I mean, mm-hmm. I, we should get an invitation first, then we'll go from there. I mean, Probably when the well, hotel's that's, that's done. Kind of it. Probably when you're desperate. Um, what? And out of Ooh. ideas. When you, whenever you're completely out of ideas, we'll be happy to come down. Okay, that I, seems fair. I mean, we'll do, I mean, I got to think there's a hundred other people I could think that would be better guests than us, but we're happy to come down anytime. I heard there was pastries and coffee. I'm in. I mean, you don't have to twist my arm at all. Right? Yeah, we'll do it for sure. I'd love to. That'd be great. I'm a morning person anyway. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. We'll figure it out. Yeah. All right, guys. All right, thank you, Nancy. Appreciate it. Take care. (laughs) You know what was going on there Sunday, and it snuck up on me, and I completely missed it. Free hat giveaway. No. Subiaco Day at Oaklawn. They had all the the monks. The monks went over there and watched the horses. And when they uh, go down, they go. And it's really unfair because the monks, you know, obviously have an in with the Lord, so they're the Lord's helping their horse. The Lord is also to the detriment of other horses. The Lord is also not a fan of gambling, I'm assuming. Well <laughs> something biblical about he, that. He frowns on it. So the monks don't have any money anyway, so they were probably just enjoying the spectacle of sport. Do you realize it that uh I keep wanting to call him Carlos. Ricardo Santana his total earnings, purse money wise, not for him personally, but for the horses he's ridden. Seventy two point three million dollars. He should get ten percent mm. of that. He does. He does? Yeah. Oh, so he's doing pretty well. Yeah, he's had a good year, or a good run, not a good year. See, the horses are better to him than Matt Kuchar would be, so there you have it. <laughs> Enough said. Vaya Candillos. Tax time. Getting those tax dollars back, aren't you? Well, you can double your tax return this weekend at Guatney Chevrolet. Pretty cool deal. James told us about it yesterday. This weekend only, double your tax return at Guatney Chevrolet. A little refund goes a long way at Guatney Chevrolet. 0% interest for 72 months on the 2020 Silverado. 0% interest for 72 months on the 2020 Equinox. And oh yeah, no sales tax paid. They'll pay it for you. And you can also get no payments for 90 days. That's a pretty good deal, too. So they'll double your tax return. You can get 0% interest on some of the vehicles out there. They'll pay your sales tax. No payments for 90 days. If you want a, uh, let's say you want a previously owned vehicle and your credit's not great. Well, don't worry about it because they guarantee approvals for bad credit with subprime financing as low as 9.9% on some models. Bring that tax refund to Guatney Chevrolet first and make those dollars work for you. It will go further. Guatney Chevrolet, Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville. Guatney, or go home. Big fight this weekend. Deontay Wilder, the bronze bomber from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, against the big Brit, Tyson Fury. And we can watch it at Brewski's, or we will be watching it at Brewski's. Brad McRae will join us at 1130 by phone. We'll chitty chat with him and get his thoughts on the fight this weekend. You got a problem? Yeah, what do you think uh, the results would be in our poll question? What would you guess? I would have figured Wilder overwhelming by knockout, but I did peak. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, 40% right now believe Wilder wins in a knockout. Next is Fury in a decision. 
the least likely, like you said, would, well, no, is now Wilder in a decision. Fury wins in the uh, knockout is 24%. You want me to explain that poll to you quickly? It's pretty split right there. SEC. It just means more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. He wanted to be an Alabama football player. See, if he were from Indiana, everyone would go with the Brit. How big is <laughs> Wilder? Or Michigan, no. If he's a Michigan guy, for sure. Oh, he'd lose for sure. How big is he? What's his size? Gigantic. Like offensive lineman? No, no, no. Defensive lineman? Like D-end. Oh, okay. Like 6'7 versus 6'9, isn't it? Yeah, they're both yeah. gigantic they're both, dudes. Oh, wow. They both make you look like a midget. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah they're, they're both huge. Huge. Well, and and uh, Anthony Joshua, who's waiting in the wings to duck both of these guys, yeah. <laughs> is also a gigantic human being. Really? Yeah, this is fun. Huh. I mean, this is this is what boxing needs. It needs these superhuman, otherworldly, gigantic human beings beating the heck out of it. I mean, Tyson at 5'9 was awesome. It was great to watch. Yeah. But this is uh, this is kind of cool. For I know you get in trouble with this, but take Ali at his peak against either of these guys. Who wins? Well, obviously, I mean, if you take Larry Holmes at his peak against either one of these guys, who wins? Mm. If you take Joe Lewis against either one of these guys at his peak, who wins? Are these guys boxers? LeBron, Obama. Fury's a Fury's a crafty dude. He's not a puncher at all, mm-hmm. but he likes to. He's slappy. He's trying to mm-hmm. score. He'll he's he's more accurate though. What happened in the first fight? Wilder was more more busy, more a, more active. Fury was more accurate, but there were two knockdowns, and that's where he got his uh, he got a big point advantage in that round, and it it helped save him and get the draw. So, were fans ticked off that people, it was a draw? I mean, any anytime there's a draw, people are gonna be upset, and anytime it's a close fight, even if it's a decision one way or the other, people are gonna say they got it wrong. Fix. Yeah. So, I think there's likely to be a third fight, no matter what the outcome is, as long as it's not an early knockout by Wilder if he doesn't knock him out in the first round, or even if he does, who knows? Are these guys young? Uh, Wilder is still relatively early in his career, right? I mean, he's, what, early 30s, I would think? He's 42-0-1. I don't know how old he is, Wes. That's a good question. And I'll Fury? I'll double-check that. He's, Fury's not going to fight much longer. Oh, okay. He's he's close to the end. I mean, from what I read, he's also got, uh, I mean, Wilder he's fought a lot 34. less. How old? 34. How old is Fury? And Fury's 31. Okay, I don't, I've read something that Fury wasn't going to fight that much longer. So, anyway, uh, Fury met yesterday with, well, he's been meeting with the media about every day, but he talked to Max Kellerman, and he talked about his discipline going into this fight. I've read recently, while I have you here, that you've cut out Diet Cokes. I also yes. understand that you, you're coming in around 270. So it sounds like you mean business in terms of sitting down on your punches and, 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 and fighting more than, than moving. Why cut out Diet Cokes? It's just something a little sacrifice more. You know, I love, I love my Diet Cokes, and I was having, I don't know, 20, 30 in a day sometimes. Um, well, that's a little ridiculous. It is a little ridiculous, but, you know, whatever. So I cut them out. I took them away from myself. I took everything that I held dear or everything that I like, I took it out of my life. I've been, I've been away in Las Vegas for 10 weeks uh, by the time the fight comes around, and I've not had me, me wife here, me kids. I've not had no drinks. I've not had nothing. I've not put a single object in my mouth that shouldn't have been there. The only thing that I put in is what the um, the nutritionist wrote. So really, it's not so much about health as it is about making a sacrifice. Mentally, it's mental sacrifice. That's for sure. Testing yourself mentally. Twenty to thirty diet cokes a day. How can someone who sounds like the Lucky Charms leprechaun be tough? Because he's six nine. Okay, you just answered the question. Uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. You will. You saw what happened Wednesday, where they had a press conference, and poor Joe Tessitore. He was trying to keep him apart. It was it was ugly. Mm. But <laughs> they've decided not to do a face-off at the weigh-in. 
which face-offs are stupid anyway, but, you know, I mean, I think you want everything you can to hype this up. I guess they're afraid somebody's going to throw a punch and it's going to ruin it. And I think you could just make them agree to the fact that if they touch anybody, they're going to get fined, but I don't know. Maybe it's just better not to do it. They're stupid anyway. So two undefeated fighters going at it, and if you don't care about boxing, I apologize for this segment, and I apologize we're going to mention it again later. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. And they're good. Look, they're good characters. Fury's the better talker. Wilder's the big puncher. I mean, it's a great story. Couldn't we all use a couple of days off from the cheating Houston Astros to talk about boxing? I wasn't going to bring it up today. Okay. There you go. That's why I did. Um, Fury's had some cut issues around his eye west, something else to keep in mind. He should have employed uh, Ray Rogers this weekend. Cuts required 47 stitches, and many question whether Fury's eye is truly good to go after just five months from the last time he uh, had an issue with that. So, Headbutts well, or hits? I uh, don't know how that came about. Uh, Otto Wallen fought him in September, pushed as hard as he's ever been. Fury emerged victorious by decision to retain the lineal title for the fifth time. He suffered two horrendous cuts over his eye. The other thing is that's uh, on the line this weekend is that Wilder could make his 11th title defense, which would surpass Muhammad Ali for fourth all-time, and now he would actually tie third all-time with Tommy Burns, who is a forgettable name, I think, in the world of boxing. Pigskin, Tommy Burns? Ring a bell? Tommy Hearns, sure. Tommy Burns, no. Yeah. Larry Holmes, 20 title defenses, and the all-time leader for any division is the heavyweight Joe Lewis. 25 title defenses. I gotta think... uh, He fought, like, ten times a year. They fought all the time. I think um, Bernard Hopkins was at 20 or 21 when Jermaine Taylor beat him. That's obviously middleweight, but anyway. Jermaine Taylor was his kryptonite, wasn't he? Jermaine Taylor was also Jermaine Taylor's kryptonite, unfortunately. He really I was. I thought that's what you meant. No, Hopkins <laughs> beat everybody, but Taylor. Taylor matched up against him really well. Yes. Then he destroyed Pavlik, and Taylor couldn't handle Pavlik. It was, it was really weird. Pavlik was lucky to get there because you remember, if you remember on the undercard, he fought Edison Miranda when mm. Jermaine fought Hopkins. And Miranda had him in big-time trouble, a la the Jermaine Taylor fight. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, here comes Pavlik, and he wins. And I was like, whoa, did not mm. expect that. He was a good finisher. He was that, Wes. Finished every bottle of liquor he drank after that, too, unfortunately. 